I apologize, my allergies are very active today. We ended last week with a mention of the Gloria. It is a song or poem that is intended to give praise to God in all that we do. But we are still in the introductory rites, which is part of the liturgy of the word. So after we have greeted one another, blessed one another, prayed for forgiveness, and praised God, we are now ready to begin our formal prayer. So the priest says, let us pray. With the new Roman Missal, there has been an introduction of many new forms of opening prayers. One of my favorites we had last week. Almighty, ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. What a great final line to that prayer. We have things that we dread out of our consciences. I doubt anybody here does not have something that they wish had not been the way it is in our memory and history. And sometimes, sometimes we feel like we don't deserve anything from God. Well, at least I feel that way. And I'm not sure I want to bother God with my needs. That is why I really enjoyed this particular opening prayer. I think it speaks, at least to me, of the pains of this life and how we are never quite confident that God is there for everything we need. I'm not saying I question whether God is there. I've always trusted in who He is, even during my youth when I walked away from the church. I knew God was there. So, what about the other opening prayers of the Mass? Almost all of them are directed to God the Father. The opening prayer for the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ is addressed to Jesus. But the Sacred Heart is addressed to God the Father. You would think the prayer for Pentecost would be addressed to the Holy Spirit, but it too is addressed to God the Father. In general, the opening prayer is addressed to God, and it is clear through most of the prayers that it is to the Father. There's always some sort of a prayer of petition, as, you, as you've heard always already with this weekend's opening prayer, and with the one that from last weekend that I quoted. Then there is a summary with the reference to the other members of the Trinity, making sure to call on our Lord Jesus Christ and calling on the unity of the Holy Spirit. Then they all conclude with God forever and ever. This opening prayer is a type that is done in all of the Masses, whether it is for weddings, funerals, daily Masses, saints' feast days, you name it. And then we move into the major part of the Liturgy of the Word. As you are aware, the weekend Masses as you are aware, the weekend Masses start with an Old Testament reading, except during the Easter season when we read from the Acts of the Apostles, then a responsorial psalm that is most often sung on the weekends. Then we read from one of the epistles of the New Testament. This is usually from St. Paul's writings, but that would figure since he has the majority of the New Testament letters. And finally, we have a reading from one of the Gospels. Right now, we are in cycle A, which uses the Gospel of Matthew primarily. Starting in Advent, we will use cycle B, which uses primarily the Gospel of Mark. The following year, we will use cycle C, and that primarily is the Gospel from Luke. John's Gospel is spread through all three cycles, but is used mostly during the Easter season and to fill in with Mark, because Mark is the shortest of the three Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Weekday Masses go through all three Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, every year. Every once in a while, the readings selection 
is so close to the same for the weekend as and as a weekday mass that the church has has to change the weekday reading so that we are not reading the exact same reading two days in a week. Otherwise, in the daily mass readings, the church gives us a responsorial psalm and either an Old Testament or a New Testament reading. But the cycle of the Old Testament and New Testament readings tend to go through an entire book or letter, not necessarily every word of it, whereas on the weekend, the Old Testament reading and the Gospel reading usually have some connection between them that gives them a common theme. The weekday Mass readings are broken down into a two-year cycle, whereas the weekend Masses are in a three-year cycle. Now we are caught up to what we are in the middle of right now. Well, we're a little past the the middle of the homily for today. (laughs) The homily is supposed to be based on the readings from the Mass, unless there's some overriding reason, such as me doing this series. The homily is supposed to gather people to think about the readings and their impact on our daily lives in Christ. From there, after a short period of silence, for us to think about what we have heard in the readings and in the homily, we recite the creed. If I have enough time before Father Frank returns, I will come back to the creed because there's so much that can be said about it. After the creed, we take time to mention our own intentions. And that finishes the first part of the Mass, the Liturgy of the Word. Now I want to take a few minutes to address something that is or should be in our daily prayers. It is hard to escape the news about the Middle East. What I'm about to say is my own opinion. I am very concerned about the status of our world. Yes, there have been times when warfare has been terribly difficult even worldwide. There is a dwindling number who remember directly World War II. But I have g- genuine concerns regarding whether the, where the world is now. I do not know what God is going to do to help us get past this. I am very pessimistic about our society as a whole. But I am optimistic about the church and the faith. There have been questions about what's going on in Rome with the synod on synodality, and I think they are legitimate questions. But God promises he will be with his church always. So, between the problems in the church and the problems in our nation and the problems in the Middle East and the problems in the Ukraine and the threats against Taiwan, I guess all I can really say is it is time for us to pray. Might this be the harbinger of the return of Jesus at the end of time? I cannot answer that with a yes, but I can answer with, I hope so. We see so many people choosing to walk away from the church. We see so many people confused by this or that and thinking that we need to change the church's teaching. But that will lead to even more chaos. I do not have any answers for all of the strife that seems to be going on except to say we have to rely on Jesus. Next week, we will start looking at the liturgy of the Eucharist, unless, of course, Jesus returns and we all get to join him in the eternal heavenly Eucharist. One of the last words in Greek in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, is Maranatha, which one translation says it means, Come quickly, Lord. I can say amen to that little prayer. God bless you.